0: Reformation Fellowship provides support and fellowship to all who would stand for the reformation of Christ's church worldwide. We long to see the church revitalized by the gospel and seek to encourage all who share that vision. We gather together for gospel-hearted fellowship around gospel-minded theology. We are a ministry. Greetings and welcome back to the Reformation Fellowship Podcast. I am your host, Justin Schell, and we are so glad that you've joined us. It's our prayer that your time with us uh, causes you to delight in God, to grow in Christ, to serve the church and bless the world. And so we're praying for you. We're glad you've joined us today. And our conversation is with Paul Spear. Paul is the the, uh, pastoral dean at Union School of Theology. This is actually conversation three three out of three. So it's our final conversation with Paul, at least for this visit. And we're going to be, we've been covering all things pastorate, right? And we're going to continue that today. Today, we're going to be talking about, uh, we've titled this episode, Pastor, how are you doing? And so we're going to be talking about pastoral health and uh, who better to talk to than the pastoral dean of Union School of Theology. Paul, thanks for being with us today. Thanks, Justin. It's lovely to be here again. Yes, and today we are giving our attention uh, not to the work of the pastor, but to the heart of the pastor. In many ways, set the stage for us. What what are you hearing from pastors these days about their their own health, whether that's physical, emotional, spiritual? What what's the state of the pastorate these days?
1: Yeah, again, I can only speak from from my experience. Perhaps to give a a very recent example of a brother, uh, I've been uh, chatting to younger man. I've been trying to encourage. He suffered. uh, I would say he probably still does suffer from uh, depression. He had a very serious bout of depression uh, a year or two ago uh, that was caused by a very specific circumstance and i think that's illustrative of a couple of things uh, first of all he he was willing to talk about it and i think there was a, a there is a greater willingness these days to to acknowledge things like stress and anxiety and depression I don't know how common this still is but uh, I can remember someone saying it was actually from a pulpit 20 year old years ago that you know, depression is sin and I think to myself well, I just I simply don't agree with that If anyone out there mm. <laughs> yeah. thinks that and he can show me a biblical case for that, I'll be very interested but I don't think he can. Um, so this brother was saying that he's, he, he, he was, he's he's willing to speak about it. he felt free to speak about it. But he did feel slightly awkward speaking about it because he's a leader in a a church. And so that does raise issues of, you know, where's the joy? So I think there's a a greater willingness to talk about these things, which is positive. I think we have to be careful about uh, picking up too much of the, the cultural problem of the sort of I define myself by being a victim. Um, i define myself by my weaknesses um i think that, uh, that there's a difference between being very willing and open and honest and about almost turning it into some sort of strange virtue almost so we must be a little mm. bit cautious about that that's not the subject i want to do to <laughs> i'm not actually <laughs> i'm not actually going to open that can of worms today mm-hmm. um, but I thought I was very little bit cautious about and aware of how culture can, can impinge on this. So people are willing to talk about these things. I think some other conversations I've had more recently, there is a weariness uh, in ministry. There's a certain level of bemusement, feeling puzzled at the sheer speed at which some aspects of culture have, have 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 run over us you know I don't think you know we were well prepared for the way culture has has gone even though you know you might argue that people like Shakespeare were warning us about this 30 or more years ago um, I, I think the whole equalities agenda uh, that is, Uh, that has hit the the church quite apart from the various moral and ethical challenges that we face. Uh, So I think people are feeling weary and puzzled as well. Um, So those are some of my first uh, thoughts and observations in in answer to that question.
0: Yeah. And as you look at it and um, you think about the last 10, 20, 30 years, are things going better now? Are they are they harder? What's what's changed in your mind? Uh, you, you mentioned some complexity and uh, with the yeah. culture. Anything else that's um, that's maybe different than uh, than what it would have been, say 20, 30 years ago? So I was you know, I was converted how long ago?
1: 35 years ago now. Um, a bit more. And I think it was easier to be a Christian in terms of people thought you were a bit weird, but you weren't a complete lunatic. You, you, you know, people would say, oh, well, that's nice for you. I just don't have that sort of faith. And, and you'll get that sort of response. One of, one of the most annoying responses to evangelism. I always think that's nice for you. <laughs> well, thank you very much. It can be nice for to you too. But I think there's more <laughs> sense of... Yeah, you are. You, you're not just a bit odd. You, you, you've made a really bad choice. You're, you're now one of the bad guys. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you, you see that, say, so, say so pastors. It always used to be that um, the pastor was the sort of person you want to be there for, you know, your marriages and your funerals. Um, And, you know, christenings, if you're, if you're a Peter Baptist, a sort of cultural Peter Baptist, you know, you want the pastor there who's an acceptable person to have around, that is, that is going away to some extent, or to, to, to a great extent, I think, the way culture views churches. People are quite cautious. One of the things I've observed—again, my, my last job, part of that was was helping churches with, with practical things. Um, was other people doing it; it was their lawyer and their accountant who were doing it, but I was overseeing that. And just the same, is finding that schools and colleges and uh, and local community centres weren't very keen. You know, it, it, it used to be that. If you had a church using your building as a school, well, you've ticked the um, community engagement box and had some, (laughs) earned some money. Mm. So (laughs) win-win all around. Whereas now you're finding schools, you know, saying, no, unless you can sign our equality statement, we we don't want you. We we don't want to be associated with you. Mm. I think that's a that's a that's a developing reality I don't over dramatize that or you know compare it to other places in the world where um you know <laughs> I don't want to call this a sort of persecution when I know that there are brothers and sisters out there who are you know wandering around having lost their houses but I think mm. it has it has gotten has got worse. Yeah. There's an opportunity in that, of course, because with the decline of a kind of cultural Christianity, now that does have some, some bad effects on society, I believe. But actually, in terms of evangelism, it's, it's much more obvious, you know, who's a believer and who isn't. Yeah. Um, and I think churches need to really, you know, with, with, with the appropriate humility and certainly not a holier-than-thou attitude, I, mm. I, I think we want to live that life of consistency and... And help our church members to understand that that will come with that will come um, with a with a cost. You know, anyone who wants a godly life in Christ Jesus will face persecution. You know, that's a that's just a that's just a truth. Mm. So I think those are some of the things that that the way in which culture has changed. You know, the acceptance of the gospel has changed, and I think that probably has has brought some extra stresses and. Uh, strains and weariness to to those in the ministry because the responsibility for that does does feel as though it does make you know weighs quite heavily and yeah. uh, and with the comp- complex answer the questions that people are ans- asking now around you know gender identity is the big thing now you know these things that don't have short answers well I suppose in one way they do have short answers. Answers, <laughs> um, right. but actually, when you're trying to explain it in a winsome and clear mm-hmm. yeah. way and help your church members to be able to do that when they head off into the workplace on a Monday yeah. morning, um yeah, that, that that comes with a certain amount of challenge, I think.
0: Yeah. So uh, externally, the the pastor is now not just a cultural oddity. Maybe in the past he was thought a little out of step with. The modern world, but now he is a bad person, he is uh, he is evil, and they're dealing with that. Would you say, internally within the church, have things changed? You, you mentioned in the previous conversation that idea of authority, and because yeah. of our culture, even within the church, to be able to have healthy expressions of authority has gotten more difficult. Would, would that be an internal? pressure or are there other things
1: um i I think that yes the whole authority question is is a big one and uh, you've always wanted to lead with um you know gentleness and respect you always wanted to have the you know the the shepherd who's the one who cares for the clock and Mm -hmm. you, mm-hmm. you fight the wolves, not your flock. Right. <laughs> um, you know that 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 that's always that's always been there. I think there is a, a danger that there is a lack of respect, and uh, and then or, or as I mentioned uh, in a previous conversation, that that can pop out in wrong sort of authoritarian ways. Mm. Uh, so that is a pressure on on pastors. Um, I think one of the other things that's a pressure on pastors is the whole kind of success-based um, theology that I think is is around quite a lot. That mm. you know, if you don't look successful, then you're not successful, and. Funnily enough, that manifests itself in, in, in reverse as well. You know, some, some people almost take it to the other extreme. Well, I must be being faithful. There's only seven of us. You know, there's seven of us because you you're not very good at preaching and you don't care for your flock and mm. <laughs> you've allowed rows to happen, you know. Um, so you know, a lot of, a lot of these things have their have their have their opposite. Yeah, that there, there are there are many there are many pressures on on pastors. I'm sure it's always been. I, I, I'm always a bit cautious about um, having the sort of you know it was, it was better or worse in the old days sort of caricature. Right. Um, I, I think every 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 generation or half generation does have its own challenges, but I think it's it's undeniable that there's been a. a, a Speed of change in culture that yeah. can't have happened too often across history. I'm not a great h- history student, really, but yeah. I, I can't imagine that uh, uh, that it did. Um, maybe the early days of the Industrial Revolution. I don't know, with the with the massive urbanisation. Um, again, yeah. that's just a that's speculative rather than <laughs> uh, definitive.
0: Yeah. Well, th- you know, to this point, we've we've kind of tried to describe the problem, describe the challenges and uh, maybe the the struggles uh, for pastors. Where can we turn to for help? So I'm really enjoying these days when I have biblical question or I'm struggling with some type of practical um, issue in my faith, uh, turning to church history. And I wonder if you could help us. Are, Are there those Are there some in church history who could help us? I I hesitate to call them heroes of the faith. Maybe uh, fellow strugglers in the faith would be good, but that we could look to that uh, help us struggle today.
1: I I, I think it's good to, just just to make a general point, that it's it's good to read histories. It's good to read uh, biographies. Um, I think it's good to read biographies of, of people who have have run the race, um, and uh, now with the Lord, I had, a, I had a friend who said, "I never read a book by a person who isn't who isn't dead." And I, he said jokingly, but his point was, "I want I want to read the books of the people who who were faithful to to the end." So that's mm. a good reason for reading for reading history. Yeah. Who would you look at? Some of my heroes would be Spurgeon, and I think he's often he, he comes across as a very sort of outward going larger than life character uh when you when you read his sermons and, and especially when you read the history that he was able to project his voice you know in a way that is possibly a lost art these days um and you read those sermons and they are you know there's a there's a warmth there's an engagement there's a a use of language that is, you know, he's someone who is, you know, you could you could really understand why he could be popular to listen to, and I, and I think he was concerned sometimes that people were just coming to have their ears tickled, um, which, of course, when you read you see the content, you kind of think, well, people were just missing the point, weren't they? Mm-hmm. Um, but then, when you realise that he he often had to <coughs> find time to to to, to to convalesce, really, that he was um, exhausted on a Monday. Um, that uh, that he would he would travel to the continent because he would <coughs> he was feeling quite quite low at, at times. I, I think, and it's amazing the number of people that you you read about that had similar sort of ideas of of of, of, of melancholy um I, th- I think um uh, charles wesley was someone who I, I think was was known for for that um you you look at some uh, great uh, uh, some some wonderful um missionaries um you think of someone like ct start who you know this 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 guy who was an international sports person originally (laughs) um, in in the UK, uh, and yet he he went out and lived sacrificially and simply. And um, you you can find a lot of honesty in in those books. And I I almost think if if there isn't an honesty of the fact that they struggled as well, I suspect those, those books aren't really the sort of biographies you want to... You want to read so so reading widely is a good idea i I do think actually, as well, have a look at some real life heroes i I, I can just think in my time as a as a christian I've often had one or two to two men who I looked to, who were older, mentors. Um, either sort of unofficially or in one or two cases, I've actually asked them to be that. And, and I've chose them to be mentors because I have seen them. Mm. You know, I, I admire them for their ministry, you know, for some some, some fruitfulness, but also for their honesty and, and willingness to to share honestly about, about some of the struggles. And actually, you know, I'm, I'm sort of... <laughs> Older than I was, obviously, as everybody is. And some of those brothers who have been mentors for quite a long time, they are now entering that stage of, of old age of, you know, um, one dear brother whose wife is suffering from quite severe d- dementia and, uh, you, you know, the challenges that that, it, that, that is. And, and look at those heroes and how they are remaining faithful, I think. I think mm-hmm. there is a great, a great power in following the yeah. example of of others. So I would, I would just throw that in as well, as well as yeah. as well as as well as some of those famous folk that have books written about them. I don't think there's going to be books written about any of my mentors, but um, uh, but they've helped me yeah. hugely, both consciously and unconsciously.
0: How about? Churches, how can our churches, whether that's staff, lay leaders, elder boards, presbyteries, et cetera, be yep. aware of and and maybe start to be more helpful when yeah. it comes to pastoral health? I think they need to
1: inform themselves um, uh, to, to understand a bit more about what, what the ministry is is like Um, i'm always a little bit cautious about that you know the idea that the the ministry is the hardest job in the world um i think there's lots of people i look at you know go out working in in the real world and go into an office of 100 people and they're the only christian i i i was i was very reluctant to say that my life was more difficult than theirs i don't i don't think it was I, i think what you know um Elders and deacons and, and churches need to realise is that it does come with particular pressures. Um, I used the phrase: it's, it's it's not necessarily more difficult than other jobs, but it's stretched in an unusual way. Mm. You know, the, the hours are a bit strange, to say the least, because you'll, you're you're kind of never really off off duty, um, especially mm. if you live close to them, close to the chapel. Um, and you know or just you know walking your children to to school or uh, popping to the local shop you never know who you're going to meet or um, or who's watching you you know Mm. (laughs) you you know hopefully you're not going to be too grumpy anyway but there there is a certain well let me let me at least um, I'm going out into the real world I'm going to meet people let me try and commend Christ Um, by the way I way I by the way I behave, so I think I think for, for churches to understand that they do have a particular stress, a particular difficulties, um, a particular challenges, it, 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 and, and for, 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 for pastors to be very very honest about that as well. Um, I, I I would often advocate having some sort of annual review now that can't sound like a rather sort of worldly the sort of thing you do in, 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 in your everyday job. Um, but as long as it's done with a, in a spiritual way and, and probably not just the paid pastor. Maybe every elder should have a, a once a year review of yeah. how you're doing in your life and ministry. That sort of honest talk—that's um, mm. that's a really uh, useful yeah. thing to do. Yeah. Uh, many years ago, the, um, the 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 deacons in particular in in the church I was at—they they, they asked me, "We we don't really understand your 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 job, Paul. Can can you sort of help us explain it?" So so I basically I I divided my day up into one hour slots. Just on I just printed out a. A grid. And I just every hour I just stopped and just scribbled very briefly what I've done in the last hour. It's actually quite an enlightening thing for me. I realized how much time I waste. Um mm. but but I then showed it to to the deacons and they said, Oh right, well, oh, we see that, that what the balance of your week is is like. Um, particularly the sort of different rhythms of it. Um mm-hmm. You you know, in the church I was in, um, no one wanted me to do a pastoral visit after about half past three in the afternoon. Half half past three till six o'clock was a bit of a strange time. I I, I always used to think, but then almost every evening there was a meeting to go to or a club to help out at, and it was almost like (laughs) working a split shift. And Mm. actually the deacons really appreciated seeing what it was like uh, so I think just some some proactive uh, conversations uh, to help people understand yeah. and then you know you can do it in reverse again you know help me to understand your job help me, the mm-hmm. pastor should ask you know yeah. what's it like you know having an hour and a half commute every day uh, beginning and, and end of the day um, you know because most pastors live close to the chapel <laughs> so uh, mm. It, that mutual understanding, I think, is a, is, is quite an important thing in, yeah. in ministry.
0: Yeah, I had a brother just a couple of days ago remark that he had a, his board was doing one of these annual reviews for him. And and the first two of them or so, he felt very defensive. He felt mm-hmm. attacked. And he said it was only after, I think they called it, the the chairman uh, met with him after the second or third one and just said, Hey, we, we don't do this to attack you. We do this to help you. We, If mm-hmm. we don't ask these questions, we don't know what you need input on. We don't know what you need uh, your hands strengthened for. We, we can't, we can't help you. And so mm-hmm. we really do this for your good. We are mm-hmm. not trying to, to control your jobs, not in, in, in in trouble at all mm. um and he said from that point on he looked forward to th- yeah. these meetings he could go and say hey guys here's the here's what i need your your input on this time here's some of the things that i'm, I'm really struggling with mm. it became a, a real fruitful practice for him so i think that that's a great idea um, let's say let's say I, I i'm a pastor i'm i'm busy got a lot of things that i'm juggling yeah. um, but i i'm starting to realize that i need to slow down make some changes I, i'm starting to see cracks in my armor um, what advice would you give to me as i'm as i'm just coming to that realization
1: yeah well well don't
0: don't, don't leave it alone um,
1: and uh, and 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 don't just tell your wife either. You should tell your wife, but don't just tell your wife. Um, <laughs> I think make make that known. Have a have, you know develop that really good open relationship with, um, with your fellow elders so that you can uh, just just share very honestly. Um, I think taking a good good hard look at you know the biblical principles of the Sabbath mm. and and how that applies to a pastor. Uh, I've often wondered, you know, it's not its not quite the same as I have a day off in lieu of Sunday. You should have a day off. Uh, just, but, but what are you going to do with that day off? Well, part of the, you know, the Sabbath principle, you know, you have to tease out little bits of it, is doing something that isn't work. Now, is ministry work well, of course, it is. It's a calling, it's a blessing, it's a privilege, but it is also work to do something completely different. Mm. It's good some headspace, um, get your um church to dis you know to agree and inform the members that on a Monday you don't phone the pastor. Uh, mm-hmm. Emergencies, yes, of course, or you know, actually, there was um, I had a system where on, on, a, on a day off there was someone else they could call and they could then call me. They they kind of filtered it out. Is this a real emergency? Because the pastor really wants to know, but I don't always need to know. So just have some some thinking about sort of what what, what that day off would look like. And then think about, well, how can it be also spiritually refreshing Mm. and that, Kind of depends on where you are and whether you like listening to sermons online or, or, or whatever that might look like. But but have just tease out some of those Sabbath principles, give yourself a little bit of a, you know, give yourself a little theological um, a, a challenge of you know, what does the Sabbath mean to me? And then realize, of course, that that Sabbath principle again, when, even if you're just pulling out principles from the Old Testament, it, it, you know, there is there are seasons and there are times when when you do need to to rest um yes that you know working working well and working thoughtfully and working hard is a good thing uh, but you also need rest and you you need to sort of separate out that that rest there's yeah. a there's a quote from Hudson Taylor one of my Another one of the people I turned to when I to read about um, one of his phrases was an hour an hour of work and an hour of rest is better than three hours trying to do both. and I thought that's quite interesting. Mm. <laughs> that's a good way of thinking about it <laughs> and again that just, just a specific way of thinking about,
0: mm. thinking, about
1: thinking about rest um, take some advice on how organized you are that that you know. Sometimes pastors get themselves into a muddle because they're not very well organised, and that's not a good thing. Um, It's almost become a sort of jokey, ha ha ha. I'm not a very organised person. Sorry, not acceptable. Um, (laughs) Doesn't mean you have to be, you know, a real sort of regimented sort of person. But you do need to have, you know, take some advice, do some reading around how to organise your life, how to have a weekly plan uh yeah. you know the, the things like that are just are just quite helpful again it's yeah. Yeah, around knowing yourself and, and how your how the lord has made you specifically but it's, it's good to be organized yeah. um you, you don't want you don't want stress to be caused because you live a, live a chaotic life i really don't think that's that's a good thing for for anyone yeah. actually but uh, yeah. especially not especially not a pastor
0: um, yeah yeah that's good that's good uh, before we we wrap up this episode, are there resources that you might recommend for pastoral health? You you've yeah. mentioned Sabbath, you've mentioned the depression. You've, are, are there any resources related to this, this conversation
1: uh, yeah.
0: that that you might recommend?
1: Yes, there's, there's a few there's a few books um, that I would I, I would point us to. Um, uh, the, the books by Paul Tripp are always are always quite helpful. Um, Dangerous Calling—that's um, a very honest book. Uh, there's a, a slightly older book called Going the Distance by—I can't remember what his first name is, but it, 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 the, surname, the surname is Brain. I'm not entirely sure that's in print anymore, um, but that's really sort of helps you think through. Um, <clears throat> Some of the stresses and pressures, and uh, it's the sort of thing uh, you know. Give that to um, your fellow elders or your deacons board to mm. <laughs> you know, get some of them to read them as yeah. well. Uh, those are those are quite quite helpful books. Um, there's an old another older book, which um, book called "Honorably Wounded" by uh, Marjorie Foyle, and that's really looking at missionaries. So she was involved in, in, in missionary care and uh, so she's got, got a medical and counselling background um, and that, that's full of, of good advice, which I think, you know, it's not just, it's not, you know, missionaries have very, again, sort of specific stresses and stains, but some of that overlaps with, with ministry, whether it's mission um, or, or pastoral. Um, and then another great book is um, uh, Piper's brothers. We are not professionals. But I always mm. think is a slightly ironic um, title because, of course, he's extraordinarily professional and his whole operation is run beautifully professionally. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. But actually, he's you know he makes he wants to make the point that yeah, that's not the heart of it. <laughs> yeah. That's um, you know that there are more important things than just having a well-oiled machine. Um, and, uh, and that's that, that's a good book.
0: Wonderful. Well, thank you, Paul. Not just for this conversation, but the previous two we've had together. We really appreciate you joining us here on the Reformation Fellowship podcast.
1: Oh, it's, it's a pleasure. And um, well, may the Lord may the Lord bless the Reformation Fellowship and uh, the people listening to this. Uh, yeah, we have a we have a great God and a wonderful Savior, and uh, uh, that's kind of the last thing I want to say to you. Mm, amen. Amen. Thank
0: you. Thank you for joining us today on the Reformation Fellowship Podcast. We would love to stay in touch with you. The best way to do that would be to head over to reffellowship.org. That is reffellowship.org. Sign up for our newsletter. We'll be able to keep you updated on upcoming events, upcoming resources, upcoming gatherings, etc. Thank you again for joining us here on the Reformation Fellowship Podcast. God bless.